hello and welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending May 13th, 2022. I'm Greg Coffey and today I'm joined by our Chief Investment Strategist, Eric Ristabin. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm good. Morning, Greg. Well, over the last week, investors were squarely focused on Wednesday's USC CPI report uh, for clues yeah. on the direction of inflation. It appears that headline inflation might be moderating as inflation readings came in at 8.3% on an annual basis in April, down from 8.5% in March. This eagerly anticipated report really seemed to fuel market volatility this week with equities around the globe declining in value and treasury yields exhibiting some significant day-to-day movement. Eric, can you comment on the market volatility that we experienced and, and dig a little bit deeper into the inflationary report? What metrics yeah. should investors be paying attention to? And have we potentially reached peak inflation? Well, I, yeah, a lot to unpack there. And yeah. uh, I think you're right. Obviously, this is all about inflation, right? All the market volatility we've had for the last few weeks is all about the market realizing that a very active Federal Reserve um, you know, is, is putting at risk a potential recession. I think that, you know, the other thing that's been extraordinarily clear messaging from the Fed, which is generally it's not known for extraordinarily clear messaging, but uh, this one's pretty clear. They view inflation as job one and avoiding recession is therefore not job one. So um, I, I think they're willing, potentially, not what they want, but I think they're willing to sacrifice a, a small recession in order to get inflation under control. And I think that that realization that, you know, we, we're already 75 basis points into a hiking cycle, and now the market's telling us that, you know, June and July are probably going to have, in fact, Powell said yesterday uh, in, in testimony in front of the Senate, that he's expecting 50 basis point increases in June and July. So as we've been telling people, I think you should expect mechanically for recession risks to rise um, throughout the, the the summer and into the fall as we get deeper and deeper into monetary policy. And again, with that 18 month lag, <laughs> the market will become concerned that the, you know, the eighth hike might be the one that's too much. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But on the other side of the equation, right? Economic data is still good. We saw a really good jobs number last week. I mean, it's it's this interesting thing where we have above trend growth. We saw earnings in the first quarter come in with 80% of companies beating with a 9% growth rate, blended growth rate versus an expectation of like four and a half. So effectively a double of market expectations for earnings growth in the first quarter. And we also don't see a recession very likely in the next 12 months. So all of that in our minds gives a basis for equities and and maybe for some of this volatility to wash out. But, you know, the headline number, yes, 8.2 is better than 8.5. So a lot of we're, a lot of people were predicting, ourselves included, that March, that eight and a half number was probably the, the peak inflation. I don't know if 8.2 was the kind of uh, step back the market was. Maybe, maybe it was a little more than, you know, inflation they were expecting and certainly more than it wanted. So I, I think what you need to start seeing is a little less heat in the labor market, right? And that's the thing the Fed's going to try to land, right, is they're going to try – to slow economic demand by increasing the price of money to the point where the the labor market cools down. I mean, ideally, they don't want job growth to go negative, 
but again, as I said, they're, they're probably willing to withstand that. Ideally, what they want is just the demand for labor to slow down. So those wage inflation numbers that we've seen that are very high and the thing that's most likely to continue to propel inflation forward starts coming down. You're, you're already seeing rumblings, right? You've had a couple of mega cap tech, Twitter and, and some others talk about the fact that maybe they're going to go to hiring freezes and, and maybe they're going to do some force reductions. Uh, that is music to the Fed's ears, right? That that that's what a lot of this job owning is about. They they want companies to be a little less optimistic in their hiring practices so they get inflation under control. So we do see inflation continuing to move down for the year, but it's still going to be much higher than the Fed wants. We still think you know inflation running at about three percent at the end of this year. That's certainly better than eight, but it's not the two that they they, they want. So uh, we are expecting the Fed to, to continue to really put the pedal to the metal for at least the next few meetings. We'll see how that they go from there on. But, it, it, you know, that's the risk, right? You've got this interesting juxtaposition of re- good economic growth, good earnings growth, and a lot of concern that the Federal Reserve and central banks in general may cause the next recession. But again, second half of next year. On that topic of central banks, obviously with inflation running hot, not just here in the U.S., but around the globe as well. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the monetary policy tools that central banks are likely to do for the remainder of this year to help bring inflation under control? Yeah. So, you know, we, we talked about, you know, in January, the the expectation, market expectation for Fed rate hikes in 2022 was three to four rate hikes. It's 11 now, 11 25 basis point hikes. So, you know, that, but that's not the only, the the only forecast the market's made about central banks becoming more active. The ECB expectation at the beginning of the year was zero, maybe one rate increase in the year. Now that number is three to four. Um, The Bank of England went from four to eight. The Bank of Canada went from five to 11. The, the, The Reserve Bank of Australia went from four to 10. Right. The only the only two central banks that are, are not tightening uh, are Japan, who's permaplaced on zero and the Bank of China. Right. The People's Bank of China. They're they're, they're actually moving to a more stimulative, um, we believe, economic and policy stance in China because of some of the, the issues related to covid zero policy. Right. So, again, it's this concern that we talked a lot about with the Fed because the Fed's expected to be the most active. The Fed is expected to be the earliest acting in general, and they're kind of fitting the bill for both of those. But every basically developed central bank in the world is doing the same thing. So um, they're all concerned about inflation. And I think they all have the same mantra around defeating inflation, even if it risks economic growth. But the Fed is often the, the, the U.S. is because of the reserve currency status of the U.S. dollar. We tend to be the, the source of global inflation. So if we can get our act in, in control of our inflation, um, that's going to help everybody else. For sure. Well, that's all we have time for today. As always, Eric, thank you very much for your insights. And to all of our listeners, thanks for listening and enjoy the weekend. Mm-hmm.